Philosophy. The real truths are heresies. They cannot be spoken, only discovered, whispered, and perhaps read. The meanings of life. A really unbounded big question. What is the meaning and purpose of life? That's a big question. Because it's a big question, I'll give you three answers. Answer one, it's personal. You have to find your own meaning. Any piece of wisdom anybody else gives you, whether it's Buddha or me, is going to sound like nonsense. Fundamentally, you have to find it for yourself. So the important part is not the answer, it's the question. You just have to sit there and dig with the question. It might take you years or decades. When you find an answer you're happy with, it will be fundamental to your life. Answer two, there is no meaning to life. There is no purpose to life. Osho said, it's like riding on water or building houses of sand. The reality is, you've been dead for the history of the universe, 10 billion years or more. You will be dead for the next 70 billion years or so until the heat death of the universe. Anything you do will fade. It will disappear, just like the human race will disappear and the planet will disappear. Even the group who colonizes Mars will disappear. No one is going to remember you past a certain number of generations, whether you're an artist, a poet, a conqueror, a pauper, or anyone else. There's no meaning. You have to create your own meaning, which is what it boils down to. You have to decide, is this a play I'm just watching? Is there a self-actualization dance I'm doing? Is there a specific thing I desire just for the heck of it? These are all meanings you make up. There is no fundamental, intrinsic, purposeful meaning to the universe. If there was, then you would just ask the next question. You'd say, why is that the meaning? It would be, as physicist Richard Feynman said, it would be turtles all the way down. The whys would keep accumulating. There is no answer you could give that wouldn't have another why. I don't buy the everlasting afterlife answers because it's insane to me, with absolutely no evidence, to believe because of how you live 70 years here on this planet, you're going to spend eternity, which is a very long time, in some afterlife. What kind of silly god judges you for eternity based on some small period of time here? I think after this life, it's very much like before you were born. Remember that? It's going to be just like that. Before you were born, you didn't care about anything or anyone, including your loved ones, including yourself, including humans, including whether we go to Mars or whether we stay on planet Earth, whether there's an AI or not. After death, you just don't care either. Answer three. The last answer I'll give you is a little more complicated. From what I've read in science, friends of mine have written books on this, I've stitched together some theories. Maybe there is a meaning to life, but it's not a very satisfying purpose. Basically, in physics, the arrow of time comes from entropy. 
The second law of thermodynamics states entropy only goes up, which means disorder in the universe only goes up, which means concentrated free energy only goes down. If you look at living things, humans, plants, civilizations, what have you, these systems are locally reversing entropy. Humans locally reverse entropy because we have action. In the process, we globally accelerate entropy until the heat death of the universe. You could come up with some fanciful theory, which I like, that we're headed towards the heat death of the universe. In that death, there's no concentrated energy, and everything is at the same energy level. Therefore, we're all one thing. We're essentially indistinguishable. What we do as living systems accelerates getting to that state. The more complex system you create, whether it's through computers, civilization, art, mathematics, or creating a family, you actually accelerate the heat death of the universe. You're pushing us towards this point where we end up as one thing. Live by your values. What are your core values? I've never fully enumerated them, but a few examples. Honesty is a core, core, core value. By honesty, I mean I want to be able to just be me. I never want to be in an environment or around people where I have to watch what I say. If I disconnect what I'm thinking from what I'm saying, it creates multiple threads in my mind. I'm no longer in the moment. Now I have to be future planning or past regretting every time I talk to somebody. Anyone around whom I can't be fully honest, I don't want to be around. Before you can lie to another, you must first lie to yourself. Another example of a foundational value. I don't believe in any short-term thinking or dealing. If I'm doing business with somebody and they think in a short-term manner with somebody else, then I don't want to do business with them anymore. All benefits in life come from compound interest, whether in money, relationships, love, health, activities, or habits. I only want to be around people I know I'm going to be around for the rest of my life. I only want to work on things I know have long-term payout. Another one is I only believe in peer relationships. I don't believe in hierarchical relationships. I don't want to be above anybody, and I don't want to be below anybody. If I can treat someone like a peer, and if they can't treat me like a peer, I just don't want to interact with them. Another, I don't believe in anger anymore. Anger was good when I was young and full of testosterone, but now I like the Buddhist saying, Anger is a hot coal you hold in your hand while waiting to throw it at somebody. I don't want to be angry, and I don't want to be around angry people. I just cut them out of my life. I'm not judging them. I went through a lot of anger, too. They have to work through it on their own. Go be angry at someone else, somewhere else. I don't know if these necessarily fall into the classical definition of values, but it's a set of things I won't compromise on and I live my entire life by. I think everybody has values. Much of finding great relationships, great co-workers, great lovers, wives, husbands, is finding other people where your values line up.
If your values line up, the little things don't matter. Generally, I find if people are fighting or quarreling about something, it's because their values don't line up. If their values lined up, the little things wouldn't matter. Meeting my wife was a great test because I really wanted to be with her and she wasn't so sure at the beginning. In the end, we ended up together because she saw my values. I am lucky I had developed them by that point. If I hadn't, I wouldn't have gotten her. I wouldn't have deserved her. As investor Charlie Munger says, to find a worthy mate, be worthy of a worthy mate. My wife is an incredibly lovely, family-oriented person, and so am I. That was one of the foundational values that brought us together. The moment you have a child, it's this really weird thing, but it answers the meaning of life, purpose of life question. All of a sudden, the most important thing in the universe moves from being in your body into the child's body. That changes you. Your values inherently become a lot less selfish. Rational Buddhism The older the question, the older the answers. You've called your philosophy Rational Buddhism. How does it differ from traditional Buddhism? What type of exploration did you go through? The rational part means I have to reconcile with science and evolution. I have to reject all the pieces I can't verify for myself. For example, is meditation good for you? Yes. Is clearing your mind a good thing? Yes. Is there a base layer of awareness below your monkey mind? Yes. All these things I verified for myself. Some beliefs from Buddhism I believe and follow because, again, I verified or reasoned with thought experiments myself. What I will not accept is things like, there's a past life you're paying off the karma for. I haven't seen it. I don't remember any past lives. I don't have any memory. I just have to not believe that. When people say your third chakra is opening, etc., I don't know. That's just fancy nomenclature. I have not been able to verify or confirm any of that on my own. If I can't verify it on my own, or if I cannot get there through science, then it may be true, it may be false, but it's not falsifiable, so I cannot view it as a fundamental truth. On the other side, I do know evolution is true. I do know we are evolved as survival and replication machines. I do know we have an ego, so we get up off the ground and worms don't eat us and we actually take action. Rational Buddhism, to me, means understanding the internal work Buddhism espouses to make yourself happier, better off, more present, and in control of your emotions. Being a better human being. I don't subscribe to anything fanciful because it was written down in a book. I don't think I can levitate. I don't think meditation will give me superpowers and those kinds of things. Try everything. Test it for yourself. Be skeptical. Keep what's useful and discard what's not. I would say my philosophy falls down to this. On one pole is evolution as a binding principle because it explains so much about humans. On the other is Buddhism 
which is the oldest, most time-tested spiritual philosophy regarding the internal state of each of us. I think those are absolutely reconcilable. I actually want to write a blog post at some point about how you can map the tenets of Buddhism, especially the non-fanciful ones, directly into a virtual reality simulation. Everyone starts out innocent. Everyone is corrupted. Wisdom is the discarding of vices and the return to virtue by way of knowledge. How do you define wisdom? Understanding the long-term consequences of your actions. If wisdom could be imparted through words alone, we'd all be done here. The present is all we have. There is actually nothing but this moment. No one has ever gone back in time, and no one has ever been able to successfully predict the future in any way that matters. Literally, the only thing that exists is this exact point where you are in space at the exact time you happen to be here. Like all great profound truths, it's all paradoxes. Any two points are infinitely different. Any moment is perfectly unique. Each moment itself slips by so quickly you can't grab it. You're dying and being reborn at every moment. It's up to you whether to forget or remember that. Everything is more beautiful because we're doomed. You will never be lovelier than you are now, and we will never be here again. Homer, the Iliad I don't even remember what I said two minutes ago. At best, the past is some fictional little memory tape in my head. As far as I'm concerned, my past is dead. It's gone. All death really means is that there are no more future moments. Inspiration is perishable. Act on it immediately. Inspiration is perishable. Act on it immediately. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.